Welcome to Stuck at Home with Cliff Dorfman and Jason Smith. Here are your hosts, Jason Smith and Cliff Dorfman. Huzzah! Welcome. New episode, Stuck at Home, with me, Cliff Dorfman, and uh, this guy next to me. Me old mush brain. I don't know what is going on today, Cliff. I couldn't figure out how to start the show. I didn't know which buttons to push. They're color-coded. I push the same buttons every day. Completely forgot what to do. Like, I need you to write me a letter that you can read to me every day so I can fall back in love with you. I'm losing it. You're losing your love with me? No, no. Like the notebook. That's like the notebook. Like, oh, sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. It took me a minute. Oh, because it's all about me. So once I once I pivoted and realized you were making a very funny statement that was general and it wasn't about me, I was like, oh, that's funny. But I have to get past the narcissism. First. <laughs> Yeah, I'm having a little bit of a struggle here, but I got everything turned on. We're good to go. I think this show is being broadcast live out to people. Um, we are. Hopefully we're going. Otherwise, this will just be a really fun imaginary day. Listen, it's not imaginary for the people in, um, shall we say, South Africa? South or, Africa. Or the Philippines. Oh, the Philippines. We are the Manny Pacquiao of podcasts yep. in the Philippines. We're an inverse Pacquiao. Right, inverse Pacquiao. We brought, we brought podcasting to the Philippines. I hope that number one is Joe Coy, and we are number two. Right? I mean, Joe Coy has to be number one. What if? Wouldn't it be great if we're number two and he's like number four right now? I mean, just for us, yeah. Just for us, yeah, that would be great. But meanwhile, hello to everyone in the Philippines. I'm going to learn how to say hello and goodbye in in, um, the language. It's not aloha. That's why. No, I know, I know. That's why I don't even want to say a word. But I'm going to figure it out. But we're nine. In South Africa. I mean, this is this just came out. So to me, I'm like, what? This is- yeah, I am too. I, I didn't even have a, a lot of time to process it. It's sitting on my phone, and it's uh, very, very confusing. It's a good time. <laughs> it's a, and this is Apple, by the way. This is Apple Podcasts. Yeah. That is 26 in Pakistan. And uh, yeah, weird. I'm very, very and, humbled. But we don't raid in India. So um, obviously... Obviously, those click farms aren't paying off at all. No one like brothers. You know, when, once they remade Warrior called their brothers, oh, yeah. everyone got mad at me. I saw that. I've always wanted to talk to you about that. But I've never really yeah. got into it. Maybe we'll get into it one of these days. Uh, I almost mad. rented it because um, I, I was like, it's the same movie. I love and it. I was like, yeah. I, I love it. I don't know what everybody's problem is. Like, it's a uh, great movie. Director did a great job. Those two guys are amazing stars. Like, watch this thing. It's fantastic. Like, are you kidding me? Come on. It'll be on Netflix in a minute. Yeah, I, I, I've almost, I am going to watch it one of these days, even before it gets to Netflix. Um, How are we doing on the mic, by, by the way? Oh, you're doing good. I feel like I'm a mess. Like, I'm looking yeah, at my sound. I, no, it's just because I don't understand. Like, I forgot where the mic was the, today. This is all the things that have been messing with my brain. I don't know what happened. I and yet we're well. still top 100 yeah. in all of the podcasts in Philippines. You know what, I, you know what I'll say? The Philippines are much, uh, and Filipinos in general, much more forgiving about poor microphone oh. use than Americans. Cause, I uh, love the Filipinos, all of them. Working out at Wildcard all those years, you know, it's uh, got to know many, many, many Filipinos, and they're all wonderful. Beautiful. And let me tell you, just good humans. Best so, friend growing yeah. up. I don't know if he's listening today, but Benji Santos, shout out, one of my best friends from high school, friends that I keep with me forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I dated a gorgeous young woman in uh, Virginia, in uh, Richmond, Virginia, like Hampton, when I was out there doing theater. Her name was Jacqueline. Oh, was she beautiful? Mm. That's what I'm saying. And we reminisce. Well, and she was so nice, by the way, too. Like, took care of me. She was so sweet. Mm. I'm just thinking about her. I'm like, whatever. <laughs> well, let's get you back. Let's get us back know, into here. About We've got a great Monday awesome today. Guest. Oh, yeah. Awesome guest. We're going to talk about one of my favorite shows. Um, <sighs> and also, our, our good friend Natasha Shandell actually worked with uh, our guest and uh, sent a little shout out message to, to Alex. She's the best. Natasha's the best. Her podcast kind of dating is the best. Love yep. her podcast. And I mean, she writes for uh, uh, the Iglesias show, right? Yep. I mean, this is, she's like multi-pronged, uh, yep. you know, uh, love, 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 love her. If you're not listening to her podcast, listen to it kind of dating uh, everywhere. She's not top 100 in uh, the Philippines, but you know, I'm on yep. it. So, <laughs> but she's top. No, it's so she's good. Top, she's top two in my heart. She's um, really amazing. She's amazing. All right, so should we get into this? Because I really yeah, want to talk about Yeah, we should totally get into this. 
Do you want to bring him on or want me to? Because I'm excited. Do it. Do it. Oh, I mean, it's it's this simple, ladies and gentlemen. It's Alex Alden from Decider, and we are now going to talk to him about everything Doom Patrol. Ladies and gentlemen, Alex Alden. Yeah, I just want him on. Wow. Hey, Cliff, uh, thanks so much for having me on. I've loved listening to your show on all my devices in the Philippines, so I uh, really appreciate it. <laughs> Thank Just you so much. Push it up there in the cards. <laughs> all right, now that we got past that, how are you yeah. doing, buddy? How, how's everything? Oh, I'm good. I'm doing all right. I'm stuck at home oh, like no. everybody else, like the name of your podcast, but uh, nice. other than that, okay. Right? Are you quarantined with your family? I am. I got uh, two kids. I got a 10-year-old and almost six-year-old. They're bouncing off the walls, basically. Uh, they have yeah. been uh, watching more TV than I have, honestly, and watching TV is my job. But, you know, screen rules <laughs> well, go out happens. the window. With, yeah. Right? When it becomes your job, all of a sudden, you know, what? what what's up, Jason? Oh, nothing. I was just going to say, screen, my daughter, if I, um, I used to limit her screen time on her phone and just in general to like four hours a day. Mm -hmm. if, she gets, if it's less than 12 now, I'm surprised. I can talk her. <laughs> do not apply anymore at all. Yeah, they're completely. Okay. So, but by the way, that was a great reason for a pop in. No, no bullshit. All right. So, <laughs> Alex, it is true, though, right? When you start having to watch content for your work, it does become a job. It's, it's great. Job. It absolutely is. Like the, I, I think about, I think about thinking about this a lot, which is a ridiculous thing to do. But when I'm watching TV, there's no way to really just relax and watch TV or watch a movie because I'm always thinking about it critically. I'm thinking about, okay, do we need to write something about this? Is there something to say about this? Even if it's an old TV show or an old movie, particularly at Decider, we cover a lot of that stuff. Anything that is streaming is in our repertoire. Not mm -hmm. we're just uh, we're just covering the stuff that's come out that day, though certainly we do that stuff. Um, right. It's it's everything. So uh, you know, you're watching like Citizen Kane, and suddenly you have five story ideas. It's work. You can't just relax and watch Citizen Kane. I don't know why that was my example. Listen, I get it. It's it's everything, you know, whatever your choice is, like if it's Goodfellas, whatever it is, you know, you can't just relax and mm -hmm. be like, oh, I just want to go on the journey of this. It's now it's the structure and now it's how it was. What's the tone and how's the cinematography and what's the story telling us in the deeper. Okay. <laughs> We're here to talk to you, not me. So let's. That's a great way to dive into this show, Doom Patrol, because this was a show for me that I just. I was like, no way. Jason, I, I didn't know him as well as I do now. And he's like, no, you got to watch it. You got to watch it. I'm like, I don't understand. It's on this new HBO Max. I don't even understand HBO Max at that point. What do you got, Jason? Nothing. I was going to say it was even before that. I know that HBO Max is where everybody's going to find it. I was trying to get you to watch it from uh, DC Universe Online even. Um, you know, for all intents and purposes, we treat Doom Patrol the same way you treat that show you on Netflix. Like it was on Lifetime. But for the most part, everybody found it on Netflix. <laughs> Same thing is true with this Doom Patrol. For the, for all intents and purposes, two seasons Very just well came said. out. HBO Max. Yep. And now, right. So their HBO Max is the one financing this now. So I came to it on HBO Max, and finally, I was like, okay, I'm just going to watch it. And it blows my mind. I mean, this is like. R-rated, hardcore, uh, everything that I want. They're making fun of themselves. Let's just launch into it. What, what's your overall thoughts? And then we'll get into the nitty gritty. Sure. So Doom Patrol is based on the DC comics of the same name. They've been running for forever. They've always been DC's weird superheroes. And there's been different iterations of the team. Um, but the way that they're best known is through writer Grant Morrison, who's done a ton of stuff. Uh, very weirdly, he is one of the EPs of Brave New World on Peacock right now, push, oh. which is kind of wild because he's known as like a wild man writer of comics. Uh, are you wondering about the Brave New World thing, Jason? No, no, I'm just really curious about I, I had no idea Grant Morrison yeah. had anything to do with it. This is the guy who now I think like, I might watch it. reinvents Batman every few years mm -hmm. and, and the Green yeah. Lantern. He's an incredible comic book writer. I had no idea he had anything to do with this Brave New World. I do want I, mean, I kinda want to know if it's, yeah. if it's, it's worth watching. It's funny. I, myself and some of the other folks at Decider, uh, one of our writers, Megan O'Keefe, who's great, we watched it early and we were like, this is wild, not as smart as it thinks it is. It's definitely not based on the book at all. It's basically like, how many orgies can we put in an hour? And that's pretty much it. Right? And if you ask Cliff, you have to bring your own condoms or at least reuse the one you brought. 
No, yes, they do that. The that's a whole plot point. It's the cheap orgy, just so you know. But the thing that's yeah, the thing that's great about Brave New World, not to get too off track on that versus Doom Patrol, but the thing that's great about it is like. It's like Westworld, but much faster and doesn't take itself quite as seriously. So if you're a fan of Westworld, but felt like they took a full season to get to the whole rebellion thing, two episodes and you're into it. It's All right, great. well. I'm in. I, I'm, I'm going to go watch it right now. I love this guy. Yeah, I love it. I love you, Alex. Everything you're saying, we are so same sensibility. Please just continue. <laughs> All right. No problem. So back to Doom Patrol. Uh, Grant Morrison is the best known writer on that. There was also a recent run from Gerard Way from My Chemical Romance, who people probably know from Umbrella Academy as well, which not to veer off again, it's coming back for a second season this week on Netflix. But yes. this that should give you an idea about like, it's weird stuff. There's things like there's a guy named Negative Man. He's wrapped in bandages so that he doesn't irradiate everybody, but he's infected with a thing called negative spirit that can come out of him and he falls unconscious, whatever it does. There's a woman who she's not called to this on the show yet, but she's called Elastigirl. So she has kind of like stretchy powers, except instead of regular stretchy powers, she turns into a big blob on the show. So they're kind of monsters in a way. It's like if you took a bunch of people who are monsters or think they're monsters, don't want to be superheroes at all, made them live in a house together and figure out how to deal with life and avoid being superheroes as much as possible. That's sort of where the show starts. Uh, yeah, there we go. We're getting a couple of images of that. But like, that's a uh, Cliff Steele robot man. He's played by Brendan Fraser. And one of the things that's great about him is he's a race car driver, super profane, curses constantly. Honestly, like they don't give out Emmy Awards for this, but Brendan Fraser should get an Emmy Award for the way that he curses. On His Doom tag Patrol. phrase is fuck, fuck, fuck. Uh, it's, That's his tag uh, phrase. It's hilarious. Fuck, fuck, fuck. Every, I wasn't sure if we could curse on this show, so I didn't we want can. to say it outright. But all right, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> the way that he says fuck is amazing. And it's yes. hilarious every time. But he's also in a robot body that can't move his face. Like you can see there's a jaw there in this picture that we're looking at, but it just it doesn't go up and down, but it's still so expressive so and you get so much feeling out of him. Yes. I um, agree with you. And I, yeah. I can't tell if it's the guy in the bodysuit or, you know, Brendan Fraser's voice is nailing it across the board. But yeah. the guy in the bodysuit, uh, Ryan, I think his name is, he's fantastic too. He's not, you know, let's not overlook him. Yeah, it's kind of an amazing collaboration, actually. And yes, I what I was, one of the things which not sold me on the show at the beginning, but I went to the show knowing that it was a spinoff of Titans on DC Universe, which is like very. To be honest, not my sensibility. I know a lot of people love Titans, but it's very hardcore, in-your-face, super heroics, very serious, very dark. And I like a lighter, little bit lightness. I like a little I'm bit weirdness. Again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there was a Doom Patrol episode of Titans, which was, I think, the best episode of Titans. Now, this character, April Bowlby, is the name of the actress who's phenomenal. She's a like 1940s, 50s starlet. Uh, she's the one who can turn into a blob. Um, and she was the one that was kept over. They also, I think, kept the body doubles was the reason I brought this up. But then they cast oh. Brendan Fraser as the voice of Cliff Steele, Matt Bomer as the voice of Negative Man. And I thought, oh, okay, you know, they got some stars to, like, jump in and do the voices. But it becomes clear immediately that they are in on this show. Like, Brendan Fraser, yes. not that he's a huge star necessarily anymore, but at the same time, like, he pops up on screen all the time in flashbacks. He's clearly into the show. He loves the show. And you can tell because there's such a depth of character, even though he's only portraying it in terms of the voice. It's Listen, really impressive. I agree. Alex, I got to tell you, I have a saying. It's once a star, always a threat. <laughs> I love it. Yep. And uh, Brendan Fraser is a triple threat. He can act. Wait. He's got a voice. I don't know. What I have the to stop was. right here because I'll tell you in a second. I have to stop right here, though, because Jason's on a picture of Diane Guerra. Guerra. I can't pronounce it right because we Guerrero, have Nick Guerra. I think. Who's a, Guerrero. Thank you. We have Nick yeah, Guerra, so. a comedian who's a friend of uh, Stuck at Home in our shows. But Diane, say Guerrero. Guerrero, Correct? I think. I think. Guerrero. I don't know how she's getting. Is she going to get? A nomination. This is one of the best performances I've seen. This arc she's doing. Can we just take mm -hmm. a minute and talk about her? Because I'm blown away. So she is a character called Crazy Jane, which comes from the comics. And this is one that I think people are a little concerned about going into the show because somebody with multiple personality disorders that we have more understanding of mental health today than we did when the character was created. But the way, to your point, that she's portraying it 
each one of her personalities has a different superpower. They come out, they jockey for control. I think she did a great job in the first season. Um, she was really good and portrayed a bunch of different characters there. But what she is doing in this second season, like you're saying, is superb. She is very much on her own journey. She has this, I guess, some mental construct, which sounds very highfalutin, but it's basically like a subway station in her mind where all her personalities hang out. Some mm -hmm. of them are portrayed by her. Some of them are not. They're portrayed by other actors. But the way she's able to turn on a dime and portray all these other characters that are vying for control, that are battling for control as she... Uh, through the plot explores her past, which is very fractured and very sad and very broken. Yeah. It's extraordinary. Yeah, agreed. And the way she sets up the construct of the underground, you're right. She's dealing and dealing with the, you know, self-medication of drug addiction, though it's a mm -hmm. superpower drug instead of heroin or fentanyl. It's it, it's fantastic. So please just continue. But I'm blown away <laughs> by her and I would love her to get a nomination. I really would. Yeah, I, it, this is a little bit of a side trip here. But just to give you guys the history, I know Jason touched on this, but it was on the DC Universe streaming service, which I don't think a lot of people know that even exists. Like they don't release subscriber numbers, but it's pretty clear not a lot of people are in DC Universe. It's catering very specifically to DC Comics fans. I would honestly say it's one of the better streaming services because alongside TV shows, DC movies, they have all of Batman, the animated series, which is one of the best shows of all time. They also have the mm. comics that inspired them. So you can read, you can watch Doom Patrol and then they'll link you directly to comic books that inspired that particular arc or episode, which is cool. very cool. Yeah. But nobody's using it. So... <laughs> It, it was very much a doubt. These are really expensive shows to do. They're really expensive shows to make work. And you can see it on screen. Like, the effects are good. Again, always a star, always a threat. I think that's what you said. Timothy <laughs> Dalton. Once a star. Is on the once a star, always a threat. Once a star, always a threat. Uh, Timothy yep. Dalton is on the show, too. And he's superb, absolutely phenomenal as well as sort of the broken Professor X of the team. Um, okay, I have to break off here for a yeah. second. First of all, what's with their rival... Two questions. What's with the X-Men rivalry, especially with Sex-Men? And like, what did you say? Second of all, what is with having um, uh, Unix as uh, these older father figures? Why are they all, you know, uh, castrated and in mm -hmm. wheelchairs? Okay, that's that? it. I'm just asking. Uh, I'm going to have to think about the second one for a second. I mean, okay. in terms of the X-Men thing, uh, Doom Patrol and a couple of other uh, DC comics, I believe, and I'm sure somebody will correct me if I'm wrong, but act creates X-Men. So Doom Patrol were the weird heroes before the X-Men were the weird heroes of Marvel. And it's not exactly that they ripped them off, but there's certainly elements you can see, like Professor Niles Calder, played by Timothy Dalton, is in a wheelchair. He's leading these strange characters who all have different powers, live in a house together. They're hated and feared by the world they want to save. <laughs> so all of that stuff is in there. Great case and, for this. <laughs> yeah, and I think like Grant Morrison, to get back to him as a writer, one of his strengths is picking out bizarre are pieces of history and mixing them into common uh, current runs. So yes. I think the sex men who showed up in episode four this season are one of his creations. And that's clearly him being like, oh yeah, Doom Patrol is uh, X-Men kind of ripped off Doom Patrol. So I'm going to kind of riff off S-Men for this other thing. So it's just all feeding mm. into each other, but it's also, if you're not like a fan of the X-Men movies or anything like that, this is a very different thing. It's also not to slag off the X-Men movies, but much funnier as well. It's very Agreed. weird and hilarious. Agreed. Every very dark, very, very dark corners that they turn in this. And they're dealing with stuff. And listen, I don't know if this is, you know, because it's a Greg Berlanti show at the end of the day. So he's mm -hmm. dealing with the DC universe across the board on the WB, et cetera. So we see that element of having to explore every aspect of life that Greg Berlanti and his production company are sort of automatically doing once their hooks are in a show, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, this is something that's very different just because it was on DC Universe, so they had uh, they were freer in terms of content restrictions. Like, that was sort of yeah. supposed to be the whole point, that you had these CW Arrow shows, but they need to, and I love them and watch every one of them, by the way, but... They're very much for all ages. They're for a teen audience. They're focusing on the romance. They don't usually go too far in terms of pushing the envelope versus Titans. I don't remember the exact phrase, but like the first episode, Robin says, fuck Batman in shout out and then kill the guy. 
or here. Uh, I think we're seeing part of this scene right now, but uh, uh-huh. there's a donkey that farts and sucks them into another world through his mouth. Alan Tiddick is on it and he's cursing up a storm the entire time. So yeah. they're able to explore, to your point, like different aspects of the human condition on these DC Universe shows just by the nature of not being restricted in terms of language. There's not a lot of nudity, but like in terms of sexual content um, and however they want to push it there. And don't worry, I haven't forgotten about your unit question. We can definitely Thank get back you. to that. Well, before, before we get into there, just to talk about it. It does feel like DC Universe more than any of the Marvel properties is poor, you know, has been more open to, uh, you know, non-binary characters, sexually, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, there's an entire street. I don't want to, I don't want to spoil it. There's an entire street, a gay street that was like, it, like it's actually a, a traveling sentient being that's gay. Um, you, you see, you know, a lot of this kind of stuff here where, you know, none of this gets explored in Marvel movies or any of the Marvel TV shows. Um, I'm just really impressed. Did this one and, uh, uh, Harley Quinn specifically mm-hmm. both, um, seem to be exploring those things a little bit more in in character in superhero characters or at least treating those characters you know giving characters those um identifying characteristics more than than I'm seeing other places yeah i absolutely think so and i think part of that this is probably speaking without adding a lot of actual knowledge about it or at least specific information about it but you have something like the marvel movies they still need to sell their movies in china or other countries that are still very restrictive about lgbtq plus content dc universe uh, again, barely anybody's watching it in the United States, so they can point. put up that they want and hit it however they want, but that's great because you can have these storytelling modes. And I'll mention just on what Jason was saying, mm-hmm. uh, the Danny the Street episode, which is the non-binary street, is easily, this is uh, halfway through the first season, I'm forgetting the exact episode, it might be five or six, but it is easily one of the best episodes of television I've ever seen. Not, not just Doom Patrol, but just in total, there are scenes that happen in that episode that I think about all the time. Get Which chills one? just thinking about Tell it. Tell me one. Uh, the, the same I'm thinking of. The one with Matt Bomer in the club where he's singing. Yep. That's yeah. exactly what I'm thinking of. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to okay. spoil it too much for anybody, but it's basically like uh, Matt Bomer's character is... Again, this guy, negative man, he was a test fighter pilot back in the day. He was married. He was a kid, but he was also secretly gay. He was secretly in a gay relationship. He uh, Back in a time when you get arrested for it. Exactly. And so he grew up his whole thing. And this actually ties really nicely into your question, actually, is the reason he is like that is he is holding everything inside all the time. He's holding his sexuality inside. He's holding his emotion inside. He's completely covered in these bandages. You can't see his expression or what he's feeling. He's completely internal. And it is only when this negative spirit comes out that truly he feels things and is able to be the person he is. And that's something, again, skirting spoilers or because I want everybody to seek out this episode and watch it. Mm-hmm. That's what happens in the scene is he finally gets to be himself for the first time. And it's beautiful and heartbreaking. It is scored to Kelly Clarkson. How can you not feel a Kelly Clarkson song? It's great. I got a lot of feels. I'm going to tell you. I, <laughs> I'm in love with it. Uh, okay, he's so, on yeah. episode eight, Danny Patrol. Yeah, 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 there you go. So good. Yes, agreed. And and all right, so let's talk a little about Niles, because this guy's horrible, and his daughter's horrible, and they're all so spoiled, yet why do I love everyone? It's... It's an interesting thing about Niles, actually. I think part of it is it's Timothy Dalton, who's just super charming. Uh, He's, I don't know if you watched Penny Dreadful, but it's almost a slight variation on his character, Penny Dreadful, which was the same thing. He was the guy in charge, but broken. He has secrets that he hides from everybody. But because Timothy Dalton is a charming lead actor, you want to believe that he can get better. And I think that's true of all of these characters is they fight against it, but they're all trying to be better every single day as some of them more successfully than others. Uh, But Niles does it in the wrong way all the time. And particularly what's been strong about this season, the second season is dealing with those sins. Uh, A lot of the first season was Mm -hmm. figuring out the team, figuring out the characters, figuring out how Niles worked with them. And this one, now that they know that Niles is a terrible human being, yeah, it's just him paying for sin after sin after sin. 
Yep. I mean, listen, his daughter, you know, I don't know how. Spoilers. <laughs> Watch it. Season one. <laughs> <laughs> we, we give spoilers. We don't care about spoilers. We I know, know but we, we want Alex to is being very nice. One, we want to assume season one for those guys. But yes, I agree with you. There's. I kind of don't want to ruin it. Sorry, Jason. You're right. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but his, you know, but his his whole arc, if even from the beginning, is questionable. You see, you see this all kind of come to play in season one too. Just what his goals are become more clear as you go in, and it, it's it's very interesting. Yeah. And we see him again touching on Operation Paperclip. You know, it's not the first time we've seen it in a in a comic book, but with the Nazi regime and bringing them into it. You know, so it's, again, what Morrison does very well. I don't really consider them superheroes. I think that's mm -hmm. the thing. They're a bunch of antiheroes who eventually help some people. <laughs> and sometimes not at all. Sometimes they avoid it completely. I mean, if I remember correctly, and it's been a little while since I watched the first season, but the first couple of episodes are them basically say, you have Cyborg come in. He's played by, I'm definitely going to mispronounce his name, but Yovian Wade, I think, is the mm -hmm. guy who played nice. Cyborg. And he's legit superhero like he was part of the justice league he goes around detroit uh he uh, saves people all the time and he ends up going back and meeting the doom patrol and they're all like oh i don't want to be like you you're going against that sounds terrible just leave me in this house to die that is my main goal right now and whenever they start getting it sucked into superhero stuff they jump on their bus and they leave like they don't want to do anything ever and that's one of the magics about it is it's not it's not even necessarily a hero's journey because they barely even get there by the end it's what is the least amount i can do to achieve a goal that is going to keep me alive uh, it it well, feels almost the in the story. It feels a lot like they're just reacting to stuff to get out of a situation they didn't mean to get into in the first place. That that, that you know, for all intents and purposes, Niall set them up on this path, and they're just, they're just kind of stuck reacting to it, like kind of like rats in a maze. Like mm -hmm. they don't have a lot of control over all this stuff except to try and survive. Yeah, this is a weird show to compare it to. I don't know if you ever watched early season Vampire Diaries, but that was one of the joys of that as well, is they weren't heroes. They weren't trying to save everybody. They were just trying to stay alive and under the radar as much as possible. And that's what's so fun about it. There's something fun about not having somebody who puts on the costume is like, oh, I don't know, should I be a hero? What should I do? Should I save somebody? <laughs> and, you know, we've seen that mode a million times, but seeing people who accidentally save people or end up in another country, you know, fighting an evil painting, these are things that are exciting and interesting to watch in a very different way because they feel fresh and new, even if they're based on comics that came out 20, 30 years ago. So do we think that they're going to be overlooked or do you think we'll actually see something in the Emmys that might give them a nod or something? I, it is always a very dicey thing with superhero shows. Other, I think we're going to see some stuff for Watchmen just because that was over the top, phenomenally regarded, yes. critically acclaimed. The, it was on HBO proper versus HBO Max. Um, and I think people will look at it as, okay, we did our superhero thing. We gave the superheroes their thing. They got Watchmen. Um, I would love it if Doom Patrol got awards, but it's always going to be a hard sell to get anything other than effects, other than technical awards, anything like that for any sort of superhero show. I mean, I think something like, uh, I'm trying to think of any that have gotten nominated for stuff. And most of the time it needs to be kind of snuck in because we're decades into the superhero trend, not just with movies, but also with TV shows at this point, but they're still not well regarded in the same way. Doom Patrol is uh, one of the first of this, I I think kind of think of it as like a second round of superhero TV shows where you're beyond the Arrowverse and now you're on to Doom Patrol, Umbrella Academy. I would almost put uh, it is a CW show, but Legends of Tomorrow is another show that just works against every trope and idea and really digs into the characters in a fun and interesting way. So these are superhero shows commenting on superhero shows. And then you have something like Watchmen, which is doing the same thing, but with a way bigger budget uh, and a way bigger push. And I think that's where you're going to get the recognition. We'll see what happens after that. Right. Well, so, you know, speaking of all that stuff, you know, you're talking about Doom Patrol is really the first, you know, let's call it the first original from HBO Max of what are, you know, potentially more 
uh, shows. Does this, how, does this tie back in? How does this, how does this lay, lay out kind of for HBO Max, do you think, kind of plan? Uh, I mean, that's a much bigger question about does HBO Max have a plaid versus, <laughs> <laughs> you know, what they're doing. Not to be too rude to them or anything, no, but nice I mean, there's a lot of like just tossing everything in there and see it works. I, the way that I look at it with something like Doom Patrol is they basically they save the show, right? You had it on DC Universe. Not a lot of people are watching it, but it's critically acclaimed. It's clear that they felt like this can fit in with the HBO aesthetic, and it does because it's very, very good. Um, will it lead to a third season? I, I think so, because HBO X clearly has money to burn at least for another year or two at this point. Mm-hmm. They've also started streaming, actually, I think it's by like August 1st or 4th, uh, Harley Quinn season one and two are also going to be on HBO Max, and that's phenomenal because that oh, series cool. is so good. Uh, sorry, what? Wasn't it on Hulu just before the Harley Quinn series? Uh, the animated? No, they were, um, it was on DC Universe and then it was streaming. It was also, I think, on Sci Fi. So that's mm-hmm. probably why you're getting on Hulu. Uh, uh because okay. of that. Now it's going to go to HBO Max. Yeah, so that's going to be on both places as well. So the bigger thing is they're kind of threading the needle right now because DC Universe, again, not to keep harping on this point, but doesn't have a lot of subscribers. As soon as HBO Max got announced, everybody pretty much said, oh, they're just going to fold DC Universe in, right? And that has not happened yet. I would still conservatively expect it to happen at some point in the next year or so. Um, But I think they still want to service those comic book fans who want to read the comics online, and they don't know necessarily how to do that tech-wise, because Mm -hmm. not to get too in the weeds, HBO Max is based on, I believe, HBO Now's infrastructure, which is different than what's going on in DC Universe. So we'll see what happens there. In terms of the bigger question, in terms of like the DC plans, they're all different shows. Like I don't think there's going to be a DC universe of shows on HBO Max or anything like that. Uh, we got this question I'm seeing here, will the Green Lantern HBO Max show ever exist? Uh, I mean, I'm, uh, we'll see if any TV shows that are <laughs> scripted exist past the pandemic that at this point. Hey, there's no there's no COVID um, up in space. Oh, so. okay, there you go. All right, they're filming it up there. Um, yep. Yeah, but I mean, something like the Green Lantern show that they're planning, they're doing an animated Strange Adventure show, which is sort of their anthology series. Uh, they have the the Batman spinoff, which is the spinoff of the Robert Pattinson movie that is going to focus on the Gotham City Police Department. So they have all these things, and I think the way they look at it is like, they're all different shows, they're all different universes, they're not connected. You got the CW universe, that's its own thing. They may bring in Stargirl for season two, because that's actually moving from DC Universe to the CW proper and won't be on DC Universe anymore. Uh, But Doom Patrol, completely separate from everything else. Yeah, I think think exactly so. Speaking to that real quick, do you think Titans are done? Man, I don't know. I'm... Uh, there's, I, I, so. I, I don't know. I, I feel like there's been a lot so. of rumors recently about season three of Titans and whether that's going to happen. Um, I could see them doing a third season if somebody picks up a co-production deal, mm-hmm. like what HBO Max and DC Universe are doing, or how sci-fi and now probably HBO Max are going to be sharing Harley Quinn. It's not critically acclaimed in the same way those two shows are but they're certainly very diehard fans of that show and i think if you had something like sci-fi they've clearly showed interest if they co-produce it that could potentially push yeah. forward with wouldn't, like you said it's not the greatest show it, it was it was fine um and sometimes it was less than fine but i was just curious because that that would be the only one like uh you said there's a spin-off and it's connected they have they share the same beast boy you know so but, right yeah, but I think they did separate it because uh, this is uh, getting very in the weeds about DC continuity. But the CW did this Crisis on Infinite Earths oh. crossover, uh, and they flashed through all the different Earths. And at the end, which was bizarre, the, their plot twist, was, which is straight out of the comics, was everything's on the same Earth now, except here's all these other Earths. Doom Patrol is on one Earth. Stargirl is on one Earth. Titans is on an entirely different Earth. Wow. So... I do if they that. they could change also, it at any time. Also, uh, yeah, uh, Tim Burton's Batman's on another Earth. Mm-hmm. Yep. And rule, the Wooliverse. That's the case, huh? They're yeah. all on other Earths. That's mm-hmm. that's DC's explanation of the the multiverse exists in everything. Everything's a different verse. 
Yeah, and then they consolidated it down to one Earth, but then at the last couple of seconds, they were like, nah, just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, no, psych. So, so with that, you know, you have the, you have the Snyder stuff. What, about, what mm-hmm. else do you see, like, you know, as you start splitting this, um, how does it, did, is there any rhyme or reason to how, like, what stuff DC is coming over to HBO Max and what stuff is kind of staying over with DC Universe right now? And that is a good question, and I think we just don't have enough information right now. You know, like I said, I think I would venture the reason Doom Patrol came over is because it was critically acclaimed. And they wanted a show that had that critical acclaim, that had diehard fans already, even if it was a very small fan base, that they could bring over and sell on HBO Max, as well as give it a second push. Harley Quinn is the same way. Um, Hopefully more people watch it on sci-fi. I think it's pretty clear at least on my feed, it clearly built socially over the course of the second season when people were not really talking about it in season one, they're definitely talking about it in season two. So I think that bodes well for its future. But right now with the spaghetti on wall approach that HBO Max has with a lot of the stuff, it really more seems what ideas can we do that we haven't been able to sell or do anywhere else? Like Green Lantern, which we were just talking about, they tried the movie, that didn't quite work. They've had plans for several more iterations of the movie that haven't worked. I believe there was even another TV plan at one point, but it it feels to me when I hear the news that they're doing a Green Lantern show on HBO Max that it's almost like, eh, let's pull off the Band-Aid and go forward. Let's just push forward with it. We have it halfway done. Let's go the next halfway, finish it off, because now we have the budget at the time. Um, I got one more question for you, and then I'll give it back to Cliff. Because I <laughs> oh, no, I love this. Please interview. continue, Jason. This is I, awesome. <laughs> I don't know if this is a fever dream or just something I heard um, in the whispers of the wind, but... Snyder Cut as a series, mm-hmm. uh, the 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 uh, Justice League movie and this whole Snyder Cut thing is I, is this something that's real or potential where they're making this a series? It is potential at this point. Is the actual answer about that? So. You got, for those of you who are listening or are not familiar, there was uh, Zack Snyder directed Justice League. He had to bow out about halfway through um, for tragedy in his family. There's also been varying reports about what went beyond the, uh, behind the scenes. I don't know anything about that, so I won't get into it. But Joss Whedon jumped in, ended up redirecting a bunch of the movie. It came out. Everybody hated it. <laughs> uh, and since then, there's been a huge push online from a very vocal contingent to hashtag one very angry uh a cyborg uh, yes <laughs> yeah the guy who plays cyborg in uh justice league not very happy about joss whedon uh and fans not happy about it as well uh you know i've never been happy about joss whedon i can't even say his name it should be josh it's not joss Come on, man it is your name, not joss. joss yeah the only thing i liked was buffy the vampire slayer was that him that was him yeah okay uh, i like the movie yeah. That's my new favorite line for today. Finish your name, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. good. All right. So, uh, yes. But Zack Snyder has taken it back. This is another thing that I think, like, there were rumors about he had his own cut. It was four hours long. It was totally finished. No, it's not finished. No, it doesn't exist. No, it does exist. There's been so much pushing at it, like we've been talking about with the HBO Max thing. They knew. A week before HBO Max debuted, I don't think they were quite where they wanted to be in terms of awareness. They announced they were doing the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League. And they were pretty upfront about, we don't know what that is. There is no Zack Snyder cut of Justice League. We'll figure it out later. But now you know about (laughs) HBO Max, right? So that's kind of where they were at. The most recent news, which... Specific news is going to be announced. Uh, I think it's August 22nd. There's an event uh, called DC Fandom, which is basically their version of San Diego Comic-Con. They're doing it all online. There's going to be a ton of panels. Uh, They're going to officially announce what the plans are there. And the options that they've announced on the table are either they redo a bunch of footage, so it's all Zack Snyder's vision of Justice League, however long that is, it's a movie, or potentially they break it up into chapters, and that could be four-hour-long chapters. It could be six-hour-long chapters. It could be... It could be a thousand chapters. Please I don't do even that. know. I thought the hateful eight was actually better when they split it up into those. Yeah. I mean, we'll see what happens. I, I think they're gonna go for the series thing personally, mainly so that they can 
drag out the press for it as long as possible. Like you drop the movie, people talk about it for a weekend. You have a six part long Zack Snyder cut that goes on for six weeks. Yeah. I love it for all, all levels. I love it. And then, <laughs> yeah. And then it well, disappears into the ether, and it, the 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 universe still collapses <laughs> on itself. Here, here's what's going to happen. I will tell you what happened is uh, they're going to release it in whatever form. They're going to release Zack Snyder's cut of Justice League. Wait about three days, and then fans are going to say, "Oh no, that wasn't Zack Snyder's cut of Justice League." <laughs> you need to release the ultimate Zack Snyder cut of Justice League, like the Ultimate Watchmen, where it exactly edit in all the cartoons and. <laughs> but you look at the Watchmen. I mean, the Watchmen to me again. The film that Zach did, the opening credits of that movie, I will put up. That is the best opening credit sequence I've ever seen. Arguable? No? Yes? Oh, I think it's great. They, he did yeah. a great job with uh, what is that? Uh, Sucker Punch? No, what is it called? Mm-hmm. Is yeah, it that? Sucker Punch. Sucker oh, Punch. No, but I was just talking about the Watchmen opening, like the yeah, opening. That, so he does a sequence. similar thing with Sucker Punch. Uh, that's okay. like kind of vignette type opening. He does a great right. job with those. But where the show is, I'm sorry, I was just going to say, I was where the show is itself, uh, you know, that to me is a whole different thing that it was next, next level, what they did, what Damian Lindelof did with the show. Okay, go ahead. Uh, Yeah, no, I mean, to sidetrack it to Watchmen, because I could talk about that forever as well, but (laughs) the thing... uh, that didn't work about Zack Snyder's Watchmen, which was beautiful to look at. He is a gorgeous visual filmmaker who knows how to make scenes look amazing, is he tried to do the comic book on screen. And Watchmen is inherently a comic book. Dave Gibbons and Alan Moore put it together as a comic book, Mm -hmm. working off the nine-panel grid. It's all about the structure of comic books and the history of comic books. It is intrinsically based in that form, and it doesn't work outside of that form. Zack Snyder tried to turn it into a movie, and it's fine at most points. The opening sequence is phenomenal. You're absolutely right. But I think that's the one part where he took a little license and he pushed it forward. And what works about the TV show is Damon Lindelof and company basically said, if Watchmen, the comic book, is a commentary on comic books, what if we're going to film it, what is our commentary on superhero on film? What is our commentary on superhero on TV? Very clearly through the American hero story that they do throughout there, sort of like the Black Freighter sequences that happen in the comic book. Uh, very clearly in terms of how they talk about movies and they show off posters and how they look at media in that world. There's a lot more things obviously going on in the show, but they weren't reverential of it. They picked it apart and then came up with their own way of talking about Watchmen and what it means and the themes while continuing it and working off of it which again is the thing that i think didn't work of the movie uh even though that first sequence was great can i get an amen jason (laughs) yeah that was good that was good so i mean we see Watchmen. that was hbo right and Mm -hmm. then we see doom patrol and this is hbo max but we're really not like you said where are we expanding on the dc universe as far as pushing forward and seeing shows maybe maybe not the One of the ethoses that DC has had pretty much since their beginning is that they kind of went wrong. Like, they tried to do the Marvel thing too quickly. They announced, okay, here's what we're doing. We got Man of Steel. That's one movie. Now we're going to do Batman v Superman, going into Justice League Part 1, going into Justice League Part 2. We got Wonder Woman. We got Wonder Woman 2. We got Aquaman. We got Green Lantern. We got all these characters going on here. It's all happening at the same time. Here's their whole schedule. And they couldn't get it off the ground. And so I think they made the very smart decision pretty quickly into that when they saw that it started to go a little wrong to say, no, these are these own things. Let's treat them. Let's figure out what the best way of telling the story we want to tell is. Whether you like the story or not, you know, to get it, I don't want to get into Joker too much. Certainly there's a fractious debate about that, but that was the story they wanted to tell the way they wanted to tell it. It wasn't like we're setting up the Joker for five more movies. It's we're telling this movie. That seems to be the same thing they're doing with Batman with Robert Pattinson. And I think that's the same thing they tried to do with the DC Universe shows, where they said, Doom Patrol, let's make it the best show it possibly can. Don't worry about where does it fit into this universe until maybe later. Maybe we could connect it later if we really want to, but first let it stand on its own two legs. 
Robert Pattinson. Remember when everyone thought he was a joke after Twilight? I was like, mm -hmm. no, nope, once a star, always a threat. Now what? Yeah. <laughs> this guy, everything he's doing, everyone loves. Batman. From, Forget from Vampire Bat to Batman. That's my... <laughs> That's wonderful. Well, thank you very much. It seems to me that there's a lot of these on HBO Max that, that DC has done a great job with their animated series, whereas Marvel's kind of fallen. I, I, I don't enjoy in many of the animated Marvel shows, and I'm a huge Spider-Man fan, and I can't get into any of the new stuff. Since Spectacular Spider-Man, there hasn't been a decent one of those. What What is it about DC and that animated side of things that they couldn't kind of bring over? Half the stories of those animated shows would have made badass movies that arkham that arkham batman mm -hmm. animated series would or show um that one standalone movie would have been a better suicide squad movie than the suicide squad movie that came out yeah and i'll mention not to give it be too pluggy plug but if you want to watch the animated movies they're all on dc universe i think most of them are not on hbo max but one of the things the dc universe does really well is they have a phenomenal animated archive so if you want to plug through that at all that's a great place to go uh, i think part of it is they can do them cheaply and easily and there's not a lot of oversight on them and they consistently just do well. People people watch them, they like them, they probably hit their marks financially, versus you have something like Suicide Squad, they go ahead and they say, okay, we're going to spend $250 million on this movie. Right. It's not making its money back, and people start putting their fingers in the pot, trying to figure out how to make it work. There's just so much more pressure on these live-action movies than the animated movies they're doing, where they can kind of do them... I mean, they're still spending time on them and still putting effort in them. And I've certainly interviewed a bunch of those people who've been involved and they care about what they're doing and they love what they're doing. Um, so it's not like there's a lack of effort there, but there's a different level of pressure is what I would say. Got it. That makes sense. Yeah, I just, I love the animated shows. Like I just went through all of the, Bruce Tim is just really great. So that, I just went through that uh, Green Lantern series. I didn't watch that all the way through before only one season. Um, <laughs> It held up. It was great. Um, I think that might be part of it as well, is that certainly there's a legacy of DC live action films. If you look at the Tim Burton starting Batman series, the Christopher Reeve mm -hmm. Superman, but even though those are all a mixed bag, you know, you don't have uh, the consistency of Marvel, even over the first two or three years necessarily with the DC films, they go back and forth in terms of how good they are, but you have this basis with DC animation I mean, if you want to stretch it all the way back to Superman cartoons in like the 40s and 50s, but talking about the Bruce Tim, Paul Dini stuff, you have that base of the Batman, the animated series that spun out into so many other things that you have people coming up in animation who watch those, revere those, and want to match that. You know, they push themselves as hard as they possibly can to say, if I could reach the heights of Batman, the animated series, I will have made this legacy proud. So... This is uh, no inside knowledge or anything, but I could see a certain level of that pushing people to make those things better. Well, I, we got one last question from you, um, and just you know your opinion. What's the next live action thing we're going to see from movie? What's the next live action movie that's going to come out that we're going to see from DC? Oh boy! Uh, I mean, I know they're working on a bunch of things, and obviously, uh, COVID has put the crimp on a ton of stuff. Um, there's a lot of rumors about Henry Cavill coming back and doing a Superman something. I don't know if we're going to see that, just because they keep saying, "Oh, we have such a problem with doing Superman," which is a bonkers thing to say. The one that I'd really like to see, which is a spinoff, but seemed like such a smart, great idea. Uh, if you saw Aquaman, there were those horrible fangy fish monsters who jumped out of the sea in a very brief sequence called The Deep. They come out of Jeff Johns, who is one of the architects of DC films and comics and everything else out of his run on Aquaman. They're terrifying. They had this idea to do a spinoff that just focused on them. That was basically like a boat horror film where people are attacked by these creatures from the deep. It's nothing to do with like Justice League or Aquaman doesn't show up at a cameo or anything. But I would love that. Like, I would love them to take these crevices of the DC universe, explore a creepy little horror movie that spins off or a rom-com or a heist movie or other genres you do want to do. There's such an opportunity there. That would be a lot of fun. Get Adam Schlagman on the phone at DC. Let's 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 hack this out. All right, man. here I'll call it. Will we I'll, ever see Darkseid? Is he ever actually going to be a villain in anything like for real? Like, do you think they'll? Yeah. 
Justice League. He's uh, in Zack Snyder's Justice League. He's already been teasing that they have digitally replaced Steppenwolf, the villain in Justice League, with Darkseid. Oh, is that true? Yeah, I don't don't know if it's just a flashback sequence, but it seems like they're basically going to correct the craziest flaw in Justice League, making it Steppenwolf, a villain that one person maybe who created Steppenwolf cares about and potentially replace him (laughs) with Darkseid. I don't know if that's actually going to happen, but I can't see... Uh, Scott Porch mentioned earlier in the podcast in a comment that they're spending $25 extra dollars at least to redo Justice League. Just put Darkseid in there. You can pay his retainer. (laughs) Well, I read somewhere that... Zach refuses. He's not going to use any footage he didn't. He didn't film. If he didn't, good. He didn't put it to camera. It's not going to use it. So that, he, yeah. Yes. He, I think the exact yes. quote was: He said that he would rather set the entire film on fire than <laughs> use somebody else's footage. Just like a little professionalism would be nice. Yeah, Zach. But, Zach you know, right. nah, none for me. I love now that we're all in. Now that we're all in quarantine, <laughs> nobody can come over to anybody else's house and fight. Whatever you want. Zach will fight. By the way, Zach will fight. Well, yeah, I'm telling you, Zach's a fighter. You go to his house, you're gonna have to throw it out. It's like going to Nick Cassavetti's house. Yeah, he would throw you're, me you're through a plate glass window. Gonna, you have to be able to fight. I'm just saying, like, you mm-hmm. got if you're gonna go strong to Zach, you got to be able to back it up. <laughs> Same thing with the guy who created Sons of Anarchy, Kurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that guy. You might you're gonna have to fight him if you want to talk some shit. No, I'd love to. People. I'd love to see the two of them fight. Uh, Kurt oh Sutter versus God. Zack Snyder. Oh, that's a bit. That's a good. Yeah. That is no, all right. No, before I let you go, Martin, he's soft and doughy. I've seen him. He, you can take him. Um, <laughs> okay, wait. Before I let you go, totally off topic. I just have to know: Do you? What do you think of the Great? Have you seen it? I haven't watched the Great yet. That is okay. next Watch on my list. Come back. Watch I know. Come back and talk to I know. Us, Everybody tells me it's phenomenal. I think it's going to be right up my alley because it's supposed to be funny as well as deep and interesting and weird. Uh, But uh, getting back to the thing about the job, I spend so much of my time watching advanced screeners. This is like a humble brag, but watching the advanced (laughs) screeners so that I can properly prep coverage for the job. Once I've passed something, it's so hard to go back and be like, I'll just relax and watch See, this is why show. I do this because Scott tells me I can't do this to put the guests on the spot, but I want, I want, I swear, this is the answer. I want Alex to go back and watch it. And unless I put him on the spot, he's not going to do it because then we can have him back on and we can talk about <laughs> it. I have right. a long term goal when I do stuff that Scott tells me not to do. As, as soon <laughs> as I'm done lifting and getting ready to fight Zack Snyder, I'll start watching The Great. Like that's in order. <laughs> we'll go. let, it, we'll let yeah. it go with that. <laughs> Alex, thank you so much. Oh my God, so ah, thanks for having me on. It was a pleasure, guys. All right. Well, you have to come back, ladies and gentlemen. Alex Alden. Yeah. Thanks, Alex. I, listen, I did it again. Sorry, Scott. But I, I want to know. I want to know what everybody thinks of the great. And if they haven't watched it, I want to make them watch it. All right. Go ahead. Scold me. No, I was just going to tell you I haven't watched all the great yet. So. I know that. I know that. Believe me. I know that. I'm not happy <laughs> with you. Uh, but, but whatever. That's, that's fine. I, I let it go because I love you so much. I got to say, Alex was awesome. That was, that cleared up some stuff. I want to see that Zack Snyder series. I would, I think that that's a, actually a really smart way to do it because that is a long movie. And one, I, you know, it's one of those movies. I've, have you ever watched like the, uh, the, you watch the director's cut, the ultimate cut of Watchmen with the cartoon, the Black Flader stuff cut back in. Yes. Watch uh, the the Batman v Superman. V. No, I can't. I can't watch it. I can't. Ben, I can't. Oh watch yeah, Ben. It. But uh, they do an. There's an extended version of that that's a lot better. I don't know if that it's great by any means. I'm sorry, but um, I don't know that it's good. But it's better than the other one. He does. A, but a lot of these shows I used to watch, you know, when you watch them, it's like I, I, I break them into sections anyway, because it's four or five hours right. of a lot of stuff. And it's a lot of visual stuff and missing, yeah. missing the visuals might as well miss a Zack Snyder movie. You can't like watch it on the side because the, the coolest stuff is going on right in your face. Yeah, listen, I'm not comparing Zack Snyder to Coppola, but I'm saying like watching Godfather one and two together. You know, it's the same kind of thing. You have to break that up a little. You just sit for six hours and watch that together. You got to break it into some, some pieces. Yeah, I agree. A hundred percent. Like, and if you could, oops, go Superman. (laughs) Um, If you could, um, it would be, I just think it would be a better show. I think that you can actually build some really cool pieces with that. Because knowing what that movie wanted to be, 
and being mm-hmm. able to break it up into like this piece, this piece, this is, but also you're talking, um, you're talking more Affleck, right? You're talking a, a lot more Affleck, but he, we, yeah, that's the problem for me, for me, other people, you know, love him, right? He's beloved, right? Digitally alter him. And you know who would fulfill that role really well? Luke Wilson, Luke Wilson, by the but, way, if I have a choice of watching Luke Wilson or Ben Affleck, I will pick Luke Wilson Every time? 10 out of 10 times. 10 out of 10 times? Yeah, yeah, 10 out of 10 times. Including, <laughs> including if you're saying it's like the best thing he's been in, what, which is what, uh, Good Will Hunting? Is that the best one? I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, the Town? Pearl, Pearl, oh yeah, The Town. That one where Michael he plays... Bay's Pearl Harbor. The, the, I was going to say. Or that one where he plays uh, George Reeves, uh, where he plays <laughs> Superman. Superman, yeah, like, again, you know, that's an... Oh, by the way, you know what I was thinking about? Because I can't talk about him anymore. What I was thinking about uh, when, when Alex was talking and you were talking about the shows, DC is really the front runner. They owned television in the beginning. Like, think about it. Superman, the TV show. Batman, the TV show. I'm talking about live action. You know, that was... You were glued to your seat for every one of those. Oh, yeah. And, and then the Batman, you know, the Batman series went on how many years? That's a good question. I, I, I always wonder about that show. Did it go on very long or was it just one? It like, was it like Star Trek where it just had a big a- impact? It might have been that. I think it's the latter, but uh, I'm sure you'll find out. But, you know, they really did own the landscape. And it wasn't until we saw yeah, three content. Seasons, three it seasons. was three seasons, but except that this is back in the olden times when a se- there were 120 episodes in three seasons. I did not know that. Is that true? Yeah. 120 episodes in three seasons. They were shooting like an episode every three days or every two days. It's like, uh, it's like, like, uh, all my children. (laughs) Oh my Lord. Oh, that means they have to be shooting a couple of episodes a day. Yeah. They're shooting a couple of episodes simultaneously. I mean, that's or three or four simultaneously. I mean, that's a, wow. I mean, why can't we still do that? Yeah. Well, because we're not, we, we'd have to do it all from this video camera. Be like, <laughs> you want quality? That's why. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, listen, those shows were great for what they were, right? Well, yeah, and I, I think now, I mean, it's gone to this point where it was, you know, I guess that back then it was forty episodes a season. Then it's mm-hmm. down to twenty three or twenty six, and now you know, then it's thirteen. And now that we're getting into streaming, where quality is well well um, respected above quantity six six to ten max but ten feels a little bit too many eight's probably right. that sweet spot but it's right in there between six and thirteen right and the biggest guys like the biggest guys are quality containment like the steve's aliens you know who wrote uh, schindler's list etc you know when he does uh, uh what is it that uh the night of on hbo it's like six episodes you yep. know and it gets nominated for everything yep and uh, i agree so, so did you we have a few minutes left did you watch anything over the weekend at all uh, we watched a lot of Big Brother because Big Brother All Stars is coming at, back on August fifth. So me and my yeah. wife watched a lot of those. Good I played time. a lot of uh, Ghosts of Shumia, uh, and um, I'm doing okay with it. I, I made it to uh, I made it to Act Two. I'm officially um, I rescued my uncle from the um, Kublai Khan's uh, grandson, and now we're we're going to attack. We're going to try and get him off the island. And it's a lot of like first player, like is it's, it one player or is it RPG? It's like Grand Theft Auto, but it's set in feudal Japan. Oh. So you can run around, you could steal horses, but I have one horse. His name's Nobu and he's my best friend. I don't want to ride another that. horse. And um, <laughs> you can change your clothes and get new swords and get oh. arrows. It's just, it's, it's, it's oh, basically yeah. a Grand Theft Auto open world game, but you get with sword fights. And it's, I got to get this game. Fun. That's, yeah, that's, that's for, that's for sure. I, I feel like I watched something and, and now, like, as I'm going through my weekend and I'm there, like, through, I was like, I guess I didn't really like there really isn't that much out. I got caught up on on Doom Patrol season two, but at the end of the day, I'm not finding there's really that much to watch. Am I missing something? I I don't know. I was really excited for um, Umbrella Academy, but it's not out till this Friday. So I started rewatching a couple episodes there because it's been so long. I wanted to make sure uh, you were up to date. Yeah. Mm hmm. Called Ghosts of Shumia, or I, I don't know how to say the whole oh, name. Jesse, one of our listeners asked the, Shu, the game. Shushima, the, the the game that I'm playing right now. Jesse is uh, Ghost of Shushima. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> my, I just what my dad? my dad says. Can I leave my brother on the island? Yes, but it depends which one. <laughs> yeah, uh, you can leave you can leave Uncle Marty or Uncle Paul there, but I think Uncle Dave would just be too sad. He'd write too many sad haikus. Um, oh, the haiku. It's like the uh, it's like the um, fast food of poetry. Well, that's one of the things in the game, and that's what we did a lot of. Is you um, you sit, 
you find little spaces where you can sit next to like a waterfall and contemplate things. And then you have like three options um, per line and you make your own haikus. And that's how you, because anyone can. Yeah. Cause, cause that's how you prepare for battle. That's what gives you certain powers and, and, and yeah, just writing little haikus. Right. But haiku again, it's the McDonald's of, you know, of, um, of, uh, poetry. That's, poetry. that's, that's really, and, and, uh, finish your name, Joss. I think we've, we've, we've established some really good stuff today. <laughs> Overall watch doom patrol. We're I, I'm going to be upset tomorrow. The Emmy nominations come out, you know, Tuesday, I should say the uh-huh. Emmy nominations come out. So by the time we're on our next episode, we will be able to talk about who got nominated and mm-hmm. I'm going to be pissed. I got to tell you, first of all, if I don't see Elle Fanning and I don't see Diane, uh, Guerrero, I'm going to be very, very, very upset. Yeah. I'm just saying, well, um, everybody come on, get ready. He's going to be upset tomorrow. Don't no, they're gonna get nominated. Okay, we're done, is what Jason said. That's Jason saying, Oh, look, it's 4 30. So, everyone, <laughs> fuck off. So I used a lot of F bombs today. Stay safe, stay sane, stay strong. We will see you next time, Jason Smith. Oh, rest in peace, Swamp Thing. See you guys later. Love ya. Much love. <laughs>